Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Well, I want to first apologize for not being on with you last week. I was ill, not with the coronavirus, but a stomach ailment that required me being on two antibiotics. So I want to let you know I'm good to go. I am well. And I'm happy to be with you today. Today's message is, life is uncertain. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign, that you are the creator. Thank you that you have created us in your image and in your likeness. You have made us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for your truth, your word. We thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that you have come to give us life and life abundant. Father, I ask that you would just release your peace over each listener, that, Father, they would feel your presence today, that they would feel the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, especially in these days when there's so many things coming at us that we don't understand. We ask for your peace to come and settle our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, life is uncertain. And none of us know what a day will bring forth. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. No one could have predicted that we would be sitting in our homes and not being able to go out except for necessities and groceries. Who could have predicted that we would be in such a state that the stock market would just plummet and that people would be out of a job and businesses would be closing? No one could have predicted this. So we don't know what a day will bring forth. My question to you today is, is your life on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ? Are you on shaking ground, shifting sand, as the the old song says, the old hymn? Is the coronavirus causing fear, worry, anxiety in your heart? Or is the economic fallout causing great trepidation, great worries? Maybe your job is on hold. Maybe you're not sure how you will pay your bills buy food or necessities. Maybe you're elderly and you're concerned because you know that you're at higher risk, especially if you have any other, what we would say in the medical field, comorbidities or other problems, medical issues that you struggle with in addition. This I know, life is fragile. And regardless, if the coronavirus had never come on the scene, Life is still fragile. Our life is brief. Without knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, your eternal life is marked with uncertainty. One day, you will be flung out into eternity, either to be present with the Lord or a hell of torment separated from the loving God who created you. So, we don't have a 
surety, a knowing, an absolute assurance that we are, that we even get another day of life. I think uh, experiencing what I experienced with the passing of my husband, I couldn't have predicted that. I did not know that was coming. And so today, that's what I want to talk to you about, that life is uncertain. We're going to be using the New King James Version of the Bible today. I have a lot of scriptures I want to share with you today. But I want to start in James, the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. You know, the book of James is just full of wisdom. It is just chock full of wisdom. It's a little book, meaning it's a short book, but there's so much in it. Anyway, verse 13 starts, Come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I know that I'm not alone in saying that I've done that many times, not even thinking, just saying, I'm planning to do this. I'm going to be, you know, we're going to be going on vacation here in August. And you you get a little arrogant. You just think, you know, this is is what I'm going to do today. This is what I'm going to do next week. This is what I'm going to do five months from now. In fact, I am planning to be in Oregon with my friend Colleen, who's been on this radio program with me. I'm planning to be at her home in August. And I need to say that I don't know what life is going to bring in August. But if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills, then I will live and I will do that. I will be in Oregon in August, if the Lord wills. So I don't want to boast in my life. I I don't want to boast in my arrogance, rather. Because my life is a vapor. Your life is a vapor. We appear for a little time and then we vanish away. And that's really how it is. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. And read a bit of wisdom from Paul as he's writing to that Corinthian church. I don't have all these places marked, so I'm having to find them. Oh, golly gee whiz. And my poor Bible is falling apart. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter six verses verse. Uh oh, I think I wrote the. I think I wrote the wrong. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Second Corinthians chapter six verse two. I just got ahead of myself. I was 
saying Second Corinthians 2 and somehow turning to Romans. All right, 6-2, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So for those of you who don't know Christ and you happen to be listening to this program, today is the day of salvation. It's the accepted time. You don't know what tomorrow will bring, nor do I. None of us do. So if you don't know Christ, today is the day for you to know him the day of salvation for you. Now we can turn to Romans 13. I apologize for that. So we're going to look at verses 11 through 14. And Paul writes in the book of Romans, and do this, Knowing the time, this let me, let me just stop there for a second. When he says, "Do this," he's commanding us. Knowing the time, now think about the time that we are currently in, with all that's going on swirling around us, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time. To awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Paul makes it very clear that it's time for us to awaken out of our slumber, our sleep. He doesn't mean, he he doesn't mean as if you're in bed sleeping. He's talking about a spiritual sleep that we need to awaken to reality. I know I said this to my husband many times before he came to know the Lord. I would just earnestly sometimes say, do you realize, do you realize that time is short? Now, he was 73 when he passed away, but he may not have even, you know, had that time. Like, We have to wake up to the reality that life is fragile, life is uncertain, and we do not know what the day is going to bring. Just as I said earlier, who could have predicted that we would be stuck in our homes, that the schools would be closed? No one could have foreseen that. Now, uh, there are prophets that prophesied that we were going to be in a time of chaos for the months of January, February, and March, but no one knew exactly what that chaos meant. So I'm just trying to get your attention, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is getting your attention, that it's time to awake out of that apathy, that spiritual apathy, thinking, 
oh, you know, I can, I, you know, I'll wait till this is all over with, and then maybe I'll go to church, and maybe I'll seek God, and my friend, you don't, you aren't guaranteed tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. That's what we just read in 2 Corinthians 6 two. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 39. And it really is true. I, I kid you not that the Bible is true. It's truth. And we need to heed what it says. Psalm 39. This is David writing this psalm. And starting with verse 4, he says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but vapor. Surely, every man walks about like a shadow. Surely, they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. I think David sums it up quite succinctly. When he says, Lord, make me to know my end, what is the measure of my days? See, how do we know? How do we know that what, how many more days? You know, I'm healthy. I have no, uh, I'm on no medication for any medical problems. I'm healthy. I, you know, I could probably live another 30 years or so. But I don't know that. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. And David said that I may know how frail I am. And that's what, when you think that you, you know, young people are that way. That's why those young people were on the beaches. Because they, they, they can't, they don't have a mindset to understand their frailty because they're so young and so full of vigor and strength and they think they will live forever. They think they're immortal. But see, David says, I need to know how frail I am because that's the reality of life. See, he says, my age is is nothing. Every man, every man in his best state it's just a vapor. Sila means pause. Pause and think about that. If you're listening to me, pause and think about that at your very best state, you are nothing but vapor. You could be the smartest, wisest, richest, most educated have the best job, the best position, the highest in the land. 
in your best state, you are but vapor. You are walking around like a shadow. And this is what we do. We busy ourselves. It's vanity. (laughs) Ecclesiastes, all is vanity. We busy ourselves in vain. We heap up riches and the thing is, you can heap up all the riches you want. You you don't know who's going to gather those riches from you. Think about all the people that on Wall Street had probably millions, millions, millions. And with what has happened, the decline in the stock market, you know, they are, who knows? They may have lost, lost millions. So you don't know who's going to gather your riches. But David says, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. And clearly, clearly, our hope has to be in the Lord. If you will, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was probably the most prolific of the prophets, writing more than 60 chapters. And we're looking at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. And this is what he writes. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. All flesh refers to all mankind. All flesh is as grass. All mankind, every human being. The grass withers and the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows on it. The only thing that's going to stand forever is the Word of God. And the only other thing that will stand forever is when we have surrendered our life to Jesus Christ and our Mortality puts on immortality. And one day we'll be in the presence of the Lord with him forever. That's the only sure guarantee we have. If you would, turn back to Psalm 103. And we're going to look at verses 15. Through 18, Psalm 103. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to ever, everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. So again, 
the psalmist is writing and saying uh, the same thing that Isaiah said. Our days are like grass. We are, you know, at one moment in life, just a brief moment in time, we are flourishing. And then we're gone. We have faded. Our place is remembered no more. So I think we have to put things in perspective. And we're going to turn to Psalm 90. And Moses wrote this psalm. He said, verse 10, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that is so true. Now, really, 70 years, by reason of strength, 80 years, you know, that's kind of like the lower limit. We should be able to live to at least 120 years. Moses was 120 when he passed away. So this is kind of the low. If we just make it to 70 or 80, we're just at the lower limit here. But as he writes, he says, but it's soon cut off and we fly away. So we don't have the guarantee. If you know Christ, you have the blessed assurance that you will spend eternity with him. If you do not know Christ, you have no certainty. You are flung out into eternity with no assurance that you will spend and you won't spend eternity with the Lord. Now, Psalm 89, just one chapter over, verses 46 through 48. The psalmist writes, How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what futility have you created all the children of men? What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? Selah. Again, Our time is short. It's short. And there's not one of us that will not taste death. We will all taste death. But those who know Christ will be present with the Lord. So our body, our body will die. But who we are our soul and our spirit will go on to be with the Lord. Let's look at Job. Job is the book before the book of Psalms. Job 38. Now, Job is a very, mm, I want to say an unusual book. And Job is having this long discourse throughout all these chapters with his friends. We're trying to tell him, tell him what to do and how to do it, and yada, yada. 
But then the Lord comes along. And the Lord says to Job, he says in verse in chapter 38, he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if, if you have understanding, who, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? And then you slip down um, to um, verse 22. Have you entered the treasury of snow or have you seen the treasury of hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? By what way is light diffused or the east wind scattered over the earth? Verse 31. Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or loose the belt of, of Orion? Can you bring out Maseroth in its season, or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you send out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Who can pour out the bottles of heaven? When the dust hardens in clumps and the clods cling together. Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lion? When they crouch in their dens or lurk in their lairs to lie in wait? Who provides food for the raven when its young ones cry to God and wander about for lack of food? Do you know the time when the wild man, wild mountain goats bear young? Or, or can you mark the deer? When the deer gives birth, can you number the months that they fulfill, or do you know the time when they bear young? You see, the point of all of that discourse that God is speaking to Job is to point out that God has created all things. He's all knowledge. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. And It really points to the fact that we are as grass. We are like vapor. And God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. We can't think that we are so special, so that we, we can't get so arrogant that we don't realize how fragile life is, that we don't know what a day is going to bring. I want to share with you from Romans chapter 10. And Paul says this, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever called on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Now, there's a parable that Jesus talks about, the parable of the rich man. And I'm going to come back to this Romans chapter 10 scripture. But Jesus uh, has a discussion with the rich young ruler. And I'm trying to find parable. If I don't find it, I'll just have to tell you the parable. Um, but this parable is, here we go. Matthew chapter 19. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler said to Jesus, well, which ones? And Jesus said, well, you, should, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your mother and father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to Jesus, well, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You see, this young, rich, prosperous man had made no preparation for eternity. And it didn't look like he was going to prepare because Jesus said, come, follow me so that you will have the treasure in heaven. In other words, your, your, your earthly treasure isn't of great value to you. But when that young man heard what Jesus said, he, he, was, he was sad. He didn't want to give his possessions away. He didn't want to help the poor because he had great possessions. So I don't know where you are in life, but I just want to close this message by saying this. We have no assurance if we do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have no assurance of the future. And today, the scripture says, is the day of your salvation. And all you need to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Because he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can simply just call on his name today. You can just tell him that you're Sorry for all the sins you've committed. He will cleanse you. He will forgive you. He will make you brand new. He'll give you a new heart and remove your old stony heart. And he will give you the assurance that if you serve him all the days of your life, you're going to spend eternity with him. So I just urge you, if you don't know Jesus, or maybe you need to make a new, fresh commitment, 
just confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. And you shall be saved. We want to be prepared for eternity. We don't want to be like the rich young ruler who walked away sorrowful because he didn't want to let go of his possessions. My friend, life is uncertain and life is fragile. So I hope you heed what I have shared with you today. Well, God bless you. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. And if you have never um, given your life to the Lord and today has truly been the day of your salvation, would you please write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I would love to hear from you, and I look forward to being with you all again next week. Shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.